Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Tuesday morning. It is the most exciting week of the year because there are no basketball games, but there is dinging and there is dinging and there is drafting and there is free agency and there are be trades. There already have been trades. And that's why my name is Jared Weiss. That's why I'm joined by Andrew Schlecht, who has a Les Paul and a Strat in the background hanging on his wall right now because this man unlike sam presti can't decide what his future is going to be but at least we're going to get into that because the thunder they made some moves and of course andrew select he also gets double credit because he's pushing all the buttons behind the scenes to make me sound like i'm not doing a terrible job but don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season you know we've been saying this since last season it is still (laughs) unprecedented we'll keep that copy there for a while you know what it is it is almost thanksgiving and we're getting ready for the nba draft so that's staying at the top of the show for a long time but you know what you can subscribe to the athletic now and you can save all you got to do is you go to theathletic.com slash daily ding and that's where you can get all access subscriptions to your favorite writers your favorite podcasters your favorite podcast producers and if you have favorite podcast producers you clearly already have a subscription to the athletic (laughs) but you can do all that for just one dollar a week sports are back or actually no sports are not back but this is the part that actually matters this is the part that we actually care about this transaction season and you're, yep. you're not going to want to miss any of the breaking stories and you will miss them if you even blink for a second because we already have it and we're going to talk about it on the show and we're going to talk about what's coming up that is going to be it's just going to be breaking up it's going to be like you know how cnn every single time they have any sort of update on anything. It says breaking news. And you're like, that's not breaking <laughs> right. news. Well, you know what? This week it is accurate because this week everything is breaking news. And so this is the end of the ad read. Go to theathletic.com slash ding, and you're going to receive an all access subscription for just $1 a week. Coming up on today's show, James Harden, he doesn't want to be in Houston anymore. Russell Westbrook, he doesn't want to be in Houston anymore. Daniel House, nobody wants to be in Houston. (laughs) Our guys reported on it. There's even more stuff coming out on Monday. But forget all that, because Chris Paul, one of the best players in the NBA, just got traded to one of the best upstart teams in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns, who went undefeated in the bubble and still didn't make the playoffs. Now they're adding someone who somehow is still in his prime and I'm joined by Andrew Select because, besides the fact that I just want to talk to Andrew Select every Monday night at 10 o'clock, uh, he lives in Oklahoma City. He has been covering this Thunder team for a long time. And while that means he hasn't covered Chris Paul for a long time, because Chris Paul was only there for one year, right. it was arguably one of the greatest years and one of the greatest careers of our lifetime. I mean, Chris Paul was incredible. I had him as second-team All-NBA. And that was really funny after he was traded along with a ton of draft picks for Russell Westbrook, who was great for like two months and then otherwise was terrible. But so OKC, they had a really good year, almost made it out of the first round against Houston of all teams. And then Sam Presti was like, you know what? We're going to let go of a really good coach. We're going to let go of a bunch of really good players. And he trades away Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers for Danny Green in the uh, 28th pick in the draft. So kind of a dump just to basically get the 20th pick in the draft. Danny Green's going to get sure. flipped or bought out. But mm-hmm. then as if that was enough, I mean, as, as if that wasn't already kind of a huge deal, and we will get to that, comes right back at you with Chris Paul and Abdel Nader. And Abdel Nader is a solid player. Let's let's not forget, he's in the middle of his, I guess he's approaching his prime now. Uh, he's a solid 3 and D guy, so he will do something for a Phoenix team that clearly is competing now. Phoenix, they send to OKC 
Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, and a 2022 first-round pick with some uh, protections on that pick. So let's start with the OKC angle before we dive into the Phoenix angles. That's going to splinter into a bunch of stuff. What is What does this trade mean for OKC? Are they pretty much done with the fire sale, or is it literally going to be a burn-the-house-down fire sale? Yeah, I mean, they're heading toward burn the house down. I mean, that's that's what they, they want to do. They're eyeing this 2021 NBA draft that is full of stars. I think that they can even, I mean, they'll, they'll possibly have more than one pick in the lottery depending on what happens with Houston. I mean, if Houston makes any sort of deal with the Nets, and we'll talk about this later in the show, that pick will be a lottery pick. And that pick will belong to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And but so they let, let's be clear. We're not just talking lottery pick. We're talking we're talking like top five pick. It could they could have I gotta check the protections, five. but like Houston's gonna be horrible if they trade James. I Barber. believe it's top four protected. <laughs> so it's it's gonna be a t- that's gonna be a tight one. That lottery is gonna be. be insane. It could be. So that's where the Thunder are headed. And I mean, I would suspect that the Thunder are going to try to to flip Danny Green, like you talked about, try to flip Kelly Oubre. Same with Ricky Rubio. Uh, to get more assets. Right now they have 16 draft picks, first-round draft picks in the next five years. I would suspect that they could get upwards of 18 to 20, depending on how this goes. <laughs> uh, it's funny, that a, a team that has struggled to find wings that are 3 and D have somehow acquired two wings that are 3 and D, and now all they want to do is get rid of them so that they can acquire more draft picks. Uh, but that's where they're headed, man. That's This is this was the plan. This was always the plan. Once it was over with the Russell Westbrook era, they were heading down this road, and they were able to take Chris Paul, which I remember at the beginning of last season, most Thunder fans were saying things like, if we could just salary dump Chris Paul somewhere, and not have to give up a first-round pick, that's a win. Well, not only did they not have to give up a first-round pick, they got a first-round draft pick in 2022, which is also a really good pick. Yeah, a good one. I mean, the protections are almost perfect because it's top 12 protected. It's it's not lottery protected. And you would guess that the the Phoenix Suns are going to hover around that either 7-8 seed or maybe right outside the playoffs with the way that the Western Conference looks. Ooh, I mean, okay, in a vacuum, forget about the conference itself. In a vacuum, putting Chris Paul on that team that was already probably going to start making a run at it. I don't know. I I think Phoenix could get really good because I mean, CP, we're talking about a top ten player in the NBA right sure. now. Sure, uh, someone who just look at what he did with OKC last year. We all thought OKC was going to be. Terrible. Well, I'm sorry. Everyone besides mm-hmm. you thought OKC was going to be terrible. <laughs> I, I didn't think they'd be any good. Yeah. I, I mean, I I honestly thought that they would deal guys earlier than they. That's did true. That, that was a big part of it. But I I thought that OKC would be like a 35 win team, and they ended up being about sure. 10 to 12 wins better than expected or so. I mean, they were heading to 50 wins if we had a real NBA season. Yeah, that's true. They were the best team like after what Thanksgiving or something like that, or after <laughs> yeah. like the start of November. They were. I mean, mm-hmm. they were really they were really good last year. Um, yeah. And, and that was that's because of Chris Paul, you know, as as, as yeah. important as Shea and Schroeder were, and you know, Stephen Adams finding a good pick and roll role. I mean, it was Chris Paul was elite as he has been for most of his career, he, and he completely changed the face of the franchise, completely changed the defensive discipline and approach of the franchise. I mean, you take that Phoenix team 
and you get everybody locked in on defense and you have someone that can take the pressure off of Devin Booker to have a 40% usage rate and you have DeAndre Eaton having another mm-hmm. year to improve. I mean, holy crap, that, that Phoenix team can be really, really good next year. Yeah, I think they're going to be solid. I just think you look at the West, like Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Mavericks. Is there Are they better than any of those teams? They could end up being better than the Jazz. And and of course the jazz could change. It could be, you know, they're kind of at yeah. that they're at that uh that fork in the road. I mean, they could they can definitely kick it at least one more year, I guess, but they're approaching that point. Uh but the rest of those teams, you know, Port- Portland, I think that they're probably in a pretty comparable spot to Portland. The Lakers mm-hmm. getting Schroeder, which is uh, unbelievable. I mean, I know our our friend Dave DeFore insists that Danny Green is more important than Dennis Schroeder at this point. Uh, as much as I love Danny Green, I feel like Danny yeah. Green was very inconsistent, uh, at least oh, yeah. shooting wise. And you know his defense was good last year, but like Danny Green is at the point of his career where it's starting to see a downward slope. And Schroeder solves a pretty huge problem for them. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the for Lakers sure. are probably going to be even better next year. So yeah, yeah. I mean, who, honestly, who knows what the Clippers are going to be next year? But it's yeah, the the yeah. It, this definitely feels like and don't forget Memphis, of course. So this definitely feels like the West, like four or five years ago, whatever that was, when there were ten teams with like forty five plus wins. We're yep. definitely in that kind of territory again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and they're a part of that group. I agree with you. I just wonder one thing that I wondered if the Thunder did happen to bring Chris Paul back is they got. I don't want to say lucky, but they were really good in the clutch, like outrageously good in the clutch all season. And how replicable is that? I would say it's probably not replicable. I don't know that they could could have done what they did this past season again. I mean, you, you look at a ton of the circumstances that they're in under pressure at the end of games, and Chris Paul made shot after shot after shot. Uh, and I just wonder if, they, if he can replicate that again. Uh, but... Year one of Chris Paul is always wonderful wherever he's <laughs> really gone. Is. So he's he's got another year one coming up. It's going to be great. I don't know about year two, but I know year one will be great great in Phoenix for him. And that's what's fascinating about this trade and why you just got to love Presti is so that here's how the protection scheme works on this. It's 2022 top 12 protected per Shams, and then it goes top 10 and 23, top 8 and 24, then unprotected in 25. So if this turns into another classic CP3 situation where it starts blowing up after a year and they fall into the top 12 after one year of craziness, because at that point, don't forget, there's a good chance that Devin Booker is going to want to get out of there if things fall apart. Um, Because this this was there. All right, Devin Booker is at the point where he's expecting something big out of us. We're stepping up to the plate now. If that fails, then it turns into an AD situation. So... There's a chance that Phoenix, that everything could fail with Phoenix, and then Presti ends up with another great pick, and he's drafting like <laughs> LeBron James the third or whoever by then. Who knows who right, will be coming to the league at that point? Those are, I think they're like 13 years old right now, the guys that we're talking about for that pick. But, yep, yep. you know, it's like, I, I just, Presti, everything that he does, it's, it, you can just see the light years happening. Like, forget, mm-hmm. screw the Warriors. We're, we're, I want the, the guys that do the Light Years pod, I want them to start doing it about the Thunder because it, clearly yeah. <laughs> Sam Presti is whatever unit of measurement is longer than Light Years, that's what he's operating on. Yeah, it's funny because when they traded Russell Westbrook to the Rockets and they get those picks and the pick swaps, most people were just like, oh, those are worthless. 
Like, what's, what are those picks worth? And now today, everybody's like, wait a minute. Kate like, Cunningham? What? Kate, is this going to, yeah, what is this going to turn into? I mean, and I don't think Sam, like, foresaw it blowing up this quickly. Uh, but uh, I don't know. But Sam, I, Sam was like a used car salesman who said, oh, don't forget to buy the insurance as you cut the brakes <laughs> while you weren't looking and you were signing the documents. Like, come on. Like, he, he right. knew what he was doing there. But I, but I do think that he was operating on the principle that teams that are at the top don't stay there for very long, especially in today's NBA. Especially so when their best tr- player is like 31 years old. Yeah, exactly. I mean, those guys in their prime, they either don't stick around because they can't win a championship um, and or just things go wrong. Or they demand I mean, to we, be traded to play with Kevin Durant. Or that. The Houston Rockets team that we saw just a few months ago, we may not see a single one of those guys again in red next year. Right. Uh, that that place is blowing up fast. It's like it's like inception when all the buildings start like folding onto each other basically. Mm-hmm. So here's what here's what's official. And mind you, we recorded about 45 minutes of great <laughs> James Harden banter <laughs> and we're now pretty much ditching all of it. Just because so much more has happened. And this trade really, really informs a lot of the questions that we were asking before. But so, the here's the trade that just went down. Which is which you already know if you're listening to this podcast. So, Robert Covington, who they I think Houston just paid two first for, basically, to get. Yep. Um, they are now sending him out to Portland for Trevor Ariza. Who is going to get his goddamn apology? He better get that apology. He better get that apology. Right. <laughs> so Portland is sending Trevor Ariza their 2020 first round pick in tomorrow's draft. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, which I believe is the 16th pick, right or 18th pick, one of those two. Um, it's too late to know. And then a 2021 protected first round pick. I don't believe we know the. Um, the the protections on that pick, but presumably Portland's getting Robert Covington is gonna, but it's it's gonna be set up so that that pick is going obviously next yeah. year. And of course, you're probably thinking stepping rule, stepping rule, stepping rule that you can't trade consecutive draft picks. You can't. What you can do is you can tell a team we're gonna make the pick and then we're gonna trade that guy to you and we're gonna send you our pick next year so they can get around that. So. I'm not even going to bother. You know, we'll talk about Portland in a second. But Houston trading away Robert Covington for a couple first-round picks is a pretty clear sign that they are probably going to fold on James Harden's trade demand. Because why would you trade the third-best player on your team or maybe even second-best player on your team, (laughs) depending on how you feel about Russell Westbrook? Obviously, you're going to try to trade Russell Westbrook at this point. But they wouldn't trade Covington away for, I mean, Sure, they did like Trevor Ariza there, but Trevor Ariza is not nearly as effective as Covington is. Covington was literally the hub of their defense. So, Andrew, does this kind of confirm to you that James Harden's getting traded sometime very soon? Without a doubt. If you're trying to run it back like the Houston Rockets have been lying about for the last 48 hours, there's no way that you trade Robert Covington. He was way too important to what they did. and I I think he was the second-best player. He in was a bubble for them. He was incredible. Uh, and that's, it is a huge get for Portland where that's, I mean, that's been kind of the hole that they've had for a long time. And so that's a huge get for them. But yeah, the Houston Rockets by week's end 
may look completely different. And getting the 16th pick in this draft, I mean, this is a lot of people describe this draft as a flat draft. I don't know how much Raphael Stone knows about this draft or how much that he's been able to study up on it because they haven't had any picks for a little while. Uh, but uh, you can, I think you can find value at 16. And so I, I think it's a, that's a good value for him, especially if you're heading uh, the direction that we see the Houston Rockets going in, which is uh, a, lot, a lot similar to what OKC is doing. Yeah. Okay. Why, since Raphael clearly hasn't read any of my draft coverage, I'm going to give him a quick primer. <laughs> um, so uh, in the middle of the first round, there, there's some salt. There's I don't think you're going to get anybody that's going to be a game changer for you unless yeah. you unless Poku is still there and you could right. take a huge gamble on him. Um, mm-hmm. But there, there's going to be a lot of good players. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Tyrese Maxey is still available there. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's. Um, Trying to think who could be available there. Depending, Sadiq Bay should be there. He could be there. I don't really. I can't. It'd be kind of funny if they get rid of Robert Covington and bring in Trevor Ariza. Then they add Sadiq Bay, who's like kind of like the same kind of player as those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, do you want a wing that can shoot and can't dribble (laughs) the ball and can probably play defend a few positions? Well, good news. Um, The Sadiq Bay, I feel like, is the kind of guy that you don't draft when you're about to gut the team. Um, But there's, you know, Tyrell Terry, a point guard out of Stanford, that. Mm-hmm. really hard to read could be a very very good point guard could turn out to be a barely passable bench player who knows but so whatever the point is Houston is on the right track to making up for the uh for the mistake that was a Russ Westbrook trade by recouping and I guess in the end the mistake that was a Robert Covington trade even if Covington totally fulfilled what they wanted out of him uh but so hey great job Houston great job Stone in his first his first move as GM got great value out of yeah. out of pivoting out of that play that was made before. So you know, v- very well done, and that obviously gives you hope that uh, that he's not incompetent, uh, which obviously we didn't expect it to be. Uh, that sure. gives you some hope that uh, the pressure that we assume is there from Tillman Fertitta to uh, you know make the team not lose money because Tillman Fertitta probably doesn't want to lose money. Um, that that is not gonna it's not gonna get in the way of them executing smart trades. I think that's all really good to see. Um, it means that there's just no way, you know, maybe James Harden doesn't get traded in that in the next week or so, but like, there's no way they don't trade them by February. Like they got to, they got to trade them at some point this year. Yeah. I mean, the, the pick that they have in 2021 is already going to OKC top four protected. I mean, they're going to, I mean, in order to get that pick, I mean, they've got to completely bottom out. And even then you're not guaranteed to get it with the new draft rules. So, I mean, they're, they're in kind of a, a, a kind of a scary spot with their own picks uh, moving forward for a little bit. If you are going to bottom out. And here's the thing. If you're going to bottom out, this is the year to do it because yeah. the draft has elite, elite talent at the top. You know, things always change in that last year before you get to the draft, but there's there's probably four or five guys, maybe six or seven guys that I would take number one in this year's draft. You know, we have at the very least Cade Cunningham is a future MVP caliber player. And there's a few other guys that I could probably say that about you know, that they're potentially. I mean, like BJ Boston um, could be another Tracy McGrady. I mean, you know, Evan Mobley, who I'm not even that high on. He's still pretty freaking awesome. Uh, yep. You know, there's just, oh man, the Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga who are on the G League Select team. I mean, there is so much insane talent 
in that draft, you got to bottom out, especially the fact that it's a top four protected pick that's going to OKC. This is your big chance to get another elite player on your team. And like this, like we were saying before, and I don't know if it's going to end up in the final edit of the show. This is a blessing in disguise for Tillman Fertitta, for Raphael Stone to have this mass exodus because James Harden is never going to win a championship in Houston. That ship has sailed. We saw it this year where they tried swapping Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook and they just they just they were just flat in the playoffs. They just didn't they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. They couldn't make it to the, you know at least in the past they almost won the conference finals. This time it was like nah, sure. forget about it. Forget about it. And obviously part of it was the road that they had to get through. It's just, you know, but like they weren't even close. It was so apparent. It was clear that they had to get out of that situation. The fact that they were, that they managed to overpay for Robert Covington and then somehow make up maybe potentially even better draft picks at the end of the day that they, Mm -hmm. that might've ended up being a positive. That's, that is great GMsmanship there. And this is a blessing in disguise to trade away James Harden while he still has extreme value recognizing that the next couple of years is just going to be more frustration and you're just not going to be able to compete with like the Lakers adding a really good point guard. That's probably going to fix their problems. Chris Paul, not going to Phoenix or Phoenix is going to be competitive. Denver trying to reload and be great. The Clippers trying to reload and be great. I mean, like, you know, the likely the, the, the Western conference is going to be freaking awesome next year. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just the perfect opportunity to tank really hard because I didn't even make my point, which was that the fans are not going to be there. You yep. don't have to deal with 41 nights of empty seats and fans booing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to deal with yeah. that. That's like the hardest part of tanking is having mm-hmm. your is rolling out your team in front of 20,000 people that are furious about what they're watching and trying to sell those tickets. You don't have to deal with that this year. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is a, it's a unique year. Yeah. And I, the Thunder are already there. And it's, it seems like Houston is, is heading that direction too. take a clue, guys. There's a reason why Presti's doing this. <laughs> Presti's right. a genius. Follow suit. You're clearly doing it. Good for you. So do whatever you got to do to get rid of Russ. Save that money there. Uh, we, I guess we'll go through it again real quick because we uh, we had this before, uh, but just to make it more condensed. Um, and please edit this part out for me. Uh, so let's let's look at a few of the quick options that we think that we were talking about hypothetically for Harden. Now we feel like are likely for Harden to get moved yeah. to. Mm-hmm. I think we both agree that Brooklyn just doesn't have they don't have that super appealing, you know, they don't have that super appealing trade package that gives you that big, young, shiny object because Karis LeVert is really good, but he's not that young. He's 26, I believe, at this time and might be 27 yeah. next year. 26. So he's like he's the dude's yep. entering his prime. He's you know it's, it's just ahead of your schedule. And like Jared Allen is like. That's a nice piece, but it's not that nice of a piece. And everything else that Brooklyn could offer you, they're all guys that are like in their prime, basically. It doesn't make any sense. Um, the one thing I will say is that if they are able to tank, then you don't have to get a draft pick back necessarily. I guess it would be ideal, especially in 2021. You know, the fourth and fifth pick might only move you up to like the second pick. You know, it's like, right. you know, the pe- know. no one's going to want to trade down. <laughs> so you got to offer something crazy if you want to move up into mm-hmm. that draft. And hell, I mean, I mean, if I can get, you know, BJ Boston and Evan Mobley instead of um, instead of Cade uh, Cunningham, I'm like, yeah, me, maybe I do that. Um, sure. But I'd rather just get the, the best guy in the best draft mm-hmm. that we've seen in like 15 years. So who who do you see as the ideal trade partners for Harden? 
I mean, it just it just has to be Daryl Morey and the Philadelphia 76ers, yes. right? I mean, it just has to be. I love it. I mean, it, they, had, they had already leaked it out that, hey, we would like to trade for James Harden. And, and he may have just been cackling in the background knowing that all of this was coming because he was, he was a part of that Houston situation, right? He knew what was going on there. And who better to trade for him than the guy who had him before? And so I think that there is a clear fit there with with Ben Simmons going back and then the Joel Embiid, James Harden pairing uh, makes a ton of sense. And I think that's obviously a, a, a big time coup for the 76ers. And then if you're, if you're the Rockets, you're accumulating picks. You already, you're, if your starting point is Ben Simmons and picks, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good starting point for a rebuilding team. I, I just think it's a no brainer. And thinking of the other potential trade packages out there you could potentially see boston put jalen brown out there and jalen yeah. brown he's starting the first year of a four-year deal making about 27 million a year um that's a very good that's a good value for jalen who's you know probably going to be an all-star next season um and you know definitely was knocking on the door and probably played at that level in the playoffs last year and jalen brown is turning 24 this year i believe so he's still relatively young so you know that's another package but just for all of us and for Ben and just for Bass, for the basketball gods, free my, free my man, Ben Simmons. Just like, let's do it. We Please. hate watching him in Philly. It sucks watching him there. It does. Put him on his own team and build mm -hmm. a system around him. Cause this like the dude is a unicorn. You don't want to mm -hmm. see a unicorn stuck in a, in a, in a barn. You want to see him just galloping through a majestic forest full of like cotton candy and sun drops. It's like, I want to see him in H-Town, which, by the way, I feel like Ben Simmons would very much enjoy living in Houston, if oh, you know what I mean. Of course so, <laughs> uh, Depending on whether Kendall Jenner's willing to come visit, but so, uh, or whoever he's dating at this point. Um, but so, like, put put him on his own team and put him next to Trevor Ariza. <laughs> Give yeah. him some floor spacers. <laughs> put him next to five. Put him around four guys that are going to stand at each elbow and each corner. And he's going to drive. He's going to pass it to one of them. And they're going to swing it around. And then he's going to go to the dunker spot. And they're going to throw an alley-oop to him. And like just like do stuff like that. Give him mm -hmm. the space like we've done with Giannis to play to his strengths. And then consequently, put James Harden in Philadelphia. Put one of the greatest point guards in the history of the game, one of the greatest scorers in the history of the game, with one of the most deadly big men of all time, with a guy who, like, relative to his contemporaries, is basically Wilt Chamberlain. You know, when you look at just, like, over the course of the NBA, Joel Embiid is, like, relatively the most outlier physical specimen of a center compared to the rest of the league because guys like him are so rare in the league right now. It's almost like when Wilt was yeah. there back then. And take a guy that has kind of just been like wasting like who 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 is like Joel Embiid, who I remember when Joel was in the draft, I said like Joel Embiid is like the next Akeem Olajuwon. He's going to come into the league and he's going to change the league because he's going to be the center that can post up in the low block from the high block. He's going to run pick and roll and he's going to spot up from the three point line and you can throw him the ball, and he's going to either bury threes or he's going to attack closeouts. And he's going to be seven foot two, five hundred pounds, euro stepping through the lane and dunking on people. And it's going to completely mm -hmm. change basketball. And you know what we're seeing? None of that 
we see that every once in a while. And a, a big part of it is on him for sure. But a big part mm-hmm. of it was that the offense only worked when he was posting up. So put it next to James Harden, where teams have to blitz off of Joel freaking Embiid and send a wing to try to tag into the lane while you have Joel Embiid catching the ball up over his head and just turning around and dunking on you every single time. It is going to be indefensible. And Philly might have a legitimate shot to win the title if they do that. And that's what I want to see because Joel's been one of my favorite players I've ever seen in the NBA, but he is not. It's frustrating to see him not fulfilling his potential. And this gives him a chance. It, it's the best of both worlds for both of these guys. For all three Without of these guys. Doubt. Yeah. One more. I'll throw at you. You think there's any chance Denver would get in on this with Jamal Murray and MPJ? Would you do it? I mean, if you're trying to win the title, if that's what you're trying to do, then I think you do it. But I don't I don't know if Denver does it because I think they love their homegrown team. But I just I just wonder about that. It feels very off-brand for Denver. It does. It feels very off-brand. But if you're Denver and you want to be aggressive and you're like, hey, let's try to win the title in the next two years. I mean, that's that's a very compelling team. So I I think you have have two main questions there. It would be one. I guess three. You have three main questions there. Uh, First off is, was was Bubble Jamal Murray, is is that Jamal Murray now? Which honestly, you know, if it's ninety percent of it, then then you're good. Then you're set. You're you're a legit title sure. contender. You're you know you're one of the premier teams out there. Um, MPJ, when he was in college, or when not college, when he was in high school, uh, I was adamant that the Kevin Durant comparisons were apt. Mm-hmm. It, even if I think he was the one that made the comparison. And right. like when you compare someone to Kevin Durant, you're not necessarily you're not saying this person's a top ten player in NBA history, but you're saying that this person's going to be an elite scorer, potentially playmaker, um, mm-hmm. who hopefully can at least at some point in their career be a bit of a difference maker defensively as well. And Michael Porter Jr. still looks based on what we're seeing so far. Like here's the important thing that people don't get, and because they didn't scout MPJ when he was in high school, maybe they watch a YouTube clip here or there. MPJ can't even do any of the stuff that he did in high school yet in the NBA. And he still scored like 30 a night. It's crazy. Like mm-hmm. he didn't even break out any of his like off the bounce skills. It was just him hitting spot up threes and crashing the boards and him attacking closeouts that th- it was like, it was like watching Jason Tatum's rookie year where Jason Tatum was just doing the simple stuff. And because he was on a really good team and cause he was pretty hot from three that year, he looked really good. Then he had to take a lot of pressure on him in the second year to be more of a creator. He wasn't quite ready for it. Then in his third year, he turned into a top 10 player in the NBA. And MPJ legitimately, I don't know if he's going to do it by his third year, but he definitely has MVP talent. And so if you have an all-NBA caliber point guard and an all-NBA caliber wing who are really young Mm -hmm. and you know that they fit really well together, you know it fits, it's just enough for me to say no to James Harden. If okay. if I'm if Denver is that confident, if Tim Connolly's that confident, as confident as I am on those guys panning out, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. And it's no, it's cuz it. it's cuz of James's age. If James was like 28, I'd do it. But he's not. He's mm-hmm. older. And it's you know, he's going to he's at the tail end of his prime. He's got yeah. probably 3 years left of playing at this level and then it's going to start to taper off a little bit. And he's a not one-dimensional player, but he's not a defender, and he's not a high-energy no, guy. No. 
So yeah, and also I I'm a l I didn't even really think about it. I'm a little dubious about his fit next to Jokic. I guess it would probably work pretty well, but like it would be a oh, little it would be a little weird. Offensively they'd be incredibly dynamic. I guess but so, yeah. de- defensively, I don't I don't know. But also, I mean, the real reason that if you're the Nuggets you don't do this is because this dude's trying to force himself to Brooklyn right now. Do <laughs> you think that's gonna change anything when he gets uh, to Denver? I don't know. I think he's gonna enjoy the legal weed in Denver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he definitely he is. So unless there's anywhere else to explore, we haven't even moved on to the trade that that forced us to do a second pod. Uh, we're on like hour three, I think, of the night of potting. Uh, Drew Holiday's a buck. And it wasn't oh, just boy. a... Okay, so Dennis Schroeder got traded to the Lakers for the 28th pick in the draft and Danny Green, who like, yeah, while I do think Danny Green has definitely some value to a contending team, obviously has no value to OKC. And OKC is going to either flip him or probably even buy him out. So they basically just it was the guy who should have won six man of the year for a late first round pick that really isn't worth anything. Then we see Drew Holiday, who is a very, very, very good player. I love Drew Holiday, but he is a fringe all star. Yeah. And he's 30. He's not 26. He's 30. And, he, and he's on an expiring contract. On, on, he's one year left on his deal. It, then he has a player option, which. Unless something goes horribly wrong, he's definitely going to opt out of in 2021. And he gets traded to the Bucks for Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. And at that point, I texted a source of mine in Milwaukee and said, hey, congrats. That's a really great haul. You guys should be happy with that. And they said and they responded, yeah, it's that and some picks. And so I asked, how many picks are you talking about? And they did not. They they left me. They they left me on three dots, and they didn't respond. (laughs) It turned out it was three first round picks and two pick swaps. It was the AD package. Now, mind you, you will never hear from them. (laughs) Now, mind you, they were getting off of Eric Bledsoe, who they wanted to trade. Um, yeah, I'm not going to name my source. I'll just say my source has told me, like, yeah, we would love to trade Eric Bledsoe for another point guard that we really need. Um, and so getting rid of Eric Bledsoe was great for them. Um, even if, yeah, he's a really good defender. He offensively just, like, was a really bad fit. And the problem, actually, is that Drew Holiday is not – he's better than Eric Bledsoe offensively right now, but not, like, that much better and not in the ways that count. Like, Drew Holiday is an average three-point shooter, not a knockdown three-point shooter. But whatever. Forget right. about that. Um, and George Hill, who, like – is is worth the money. I I think he's. I I thought he should have been third and six. I had I think I had him third in my six man of the year rankings uh, this year. Uh, he was really underrated. People did not appreciate how great he was. Not to mention he mm-hmm. shot like like fifty percent from three or something. I was gonna was say ridiculous. he shot crazy. Yeah, crazy. So so George Hill's a sacrifice, but they're replacing it with Drew Holiday. It's not that huge of an upgrade. Um, yeah. it's an upgrade for sure, and it at least makes Giannis feel a little bit better. I guess. Um, and he is he is younger than George Hill. I think George Hill is 33 at this point. Um, but this is not a huge upgrade, but it could be what they need to put them over the top. It's definitely possible. But the most important thing here, and then I'll turn it over to you, giving up that many draft picks. If Giannis has not agreed to the five-year $220 million extension, this is the ballsiest trade in NBA history because mm-hmm. – you are going all in on your ent- mortgaging your future to try to keep Giannis, which they should because keeping Giannis is the most important thing that will pretty much happen to this franchise since like when Lou Alcindor won them a title. Um, 
you have to do whatever you can. But if he walks those picks, it's like a de- it's like the Nets trade. And I like I was yeah. there when the Nets trade happened. I was in the I was in the draft room when the Nets trade happened. And it was at first I was like, I can't believe the Celtics got rid of those guys. And then after a little bit of time sunk in, you're like, holy crap, that is one of the biggest highway robberies in the history of the sport. And it's kind of gone down as the biggest highway robbery in the history of the sport. And if if Giannis leaves in Milwaukee, because if Giannis leaves, Milwaukee is going to be horrific. And they're yeah. going to have no draft picks to save them. They're going to be stuck in perpetuity with, you know, maybe Chris Middleton will get them out of it a little bit. Maybe they can work out a sign and trade and Drew Holiday can help them out a little bit. But like if Giannis leaves, they are donezo. And so with all that being said, I I would hope that this news means that we can celebrate Giannis re-signing in Milwaukee now. Yeah, no kidding. Because it, like, if it's not, you're right. It is doomsday in Milwaukee. I mean, they just handed their future to the Pelicans to take on Drew Holiday, who may not be there after this season. <laughs> I mean, he could jump ship, and you have, and there's a chance you have nothing to show for it. I mean, that's that's a scary deal. But then you talk, like you talk yourself into it a little bit, like Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez. Okay, like that's a solid four players that that could get you to the NBA Finals, which is, is, is which Brooke, is their goal. Is Brooke Lopez still that? Because Brooke Lopez had an elite defensive season, but he also mm-hmm. did not shoot well last year from deep. Right. He did not. I, I don't know the answer to that. He is 32, but he's he's what you got, right? I mean, they just expended their draft capital to get to get Drew Holiday. I mean, that's what you got. And they, pay, they paid Brooke. They paid George Hill, too, but they made yeah. to get rid of him. They paid Brooke. They're stuck with Brooke. And I guess mm-hmm. the one good thing about Brooke is that Brooke already doesn't really move. So right. he should be able to age right. pretty well through this contract. You know, yeah, as long yeah. as he stays healthy, I don't think he's going to lose enough of a step for it to make that big of a difference. Uh, but he does need to shoot well. He does need to shoot better. You want to see it work because it's important for the balance of the league. It's important for long-term, the long-term implications of the league, especially in the face of how both LA teams were able to just kind of like screw the rest of the league over and have their you know star players and power agents pretty much just like tell the rest of the league to go F itself. And we yep. need this balance. So like we need the Bucks to work out with Giannis. Yeah. Well, we'll know within a month. He's got to he's got to sign that by December twenty first. So we'll know whether this uh, Drew Holiday overpay is is worth it or not because, because the I'm sure that he's got that document already sent to his house. Say, all right, sign it, Giannis. <laughs> I hope he signs it too, man. I really hope he does. I hope for not not only Bucks fans, but like you said, the league. I think it's 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 good for the health of the league to have a superstar stay in a smaller market. Well, I cannot wait to be a Bucks fan, or I cannot wait to hear from the Bucks fans who they were already living on pins and needles, just waiting to find out if Giannis oh, was going to stay. Now that they know that they're in like the next decade of their fandom is completely on the line, whew, yep. it's going to be rough, especially <laughs> when it turns out very plausibly that Giannis just wants to go one plus one or two plus one probably for the remain for the foreseeable future and doesn't mm-hmm. sign the extension. Right. And me, you know, I mean, I feel like Giannis is the kind of person that he would come out and say something if he was going to do that. Like, say, like, sure. I've committed long term. Just got to make, you know, because like, I know there's, there's limitations on what they can say, but like, I don't think Giannis is the kind of guy that would really, really make them sit on that. Um, 
but we'll find out. We'll find out. So that is going to do it for us. I want to thank my partner in crime, Andrew Schlecht. I want to thank James Harden and Russell Westbrook for going absolutely crazy at the most insane time of year to the point that we didn't even get to talk about the draft. Whatever. Who cares? We'll talk about it afterwards. So that is going to do it. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows like the Athletic NBA show. We have No Dunks. We have House of Strauss plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers, which does not include myself because I'm not one of your favorites. But you're going to hear me on the Daily Ding. We're going to do more shows for you. You better tune into those shows because there is so much news coming out over the next week plus. And then the season starts pretty much right away. Forget about going on vacation. We don't get to go cliff diving in the Caribbean like we always do. And obviously, you and I, Andrew, we're always doing that during the offseason. That's our thing. Uh, you know, just you, me, and LeBron out in their caves. Uh, but that's going to that's gonna do it for the offseason as soon as the offseason has just started. But don't forget that when you go into the app and you follow the show, you get notifications for new episodes. And we have a podcast episode comment section there so you can talk about how you enjoyed this 45-minute episode of The Dick. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our podcasts without ads plus some fantastic writing across all the major sports, all for a super low price. You can get that subscription today at theathletic.com slash daily day. You never know when these promos end. Presumably they end at some point on you know, at some point in space time, but I haven't seen it yet, but still you want to get onto it before it's gone. And as always, thank you for waking up with us, Mr. Reflect. Ding, ding. Ding, ding.